AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Rolling right into hour number two of Extra Point on this Thursday, February 15th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until one o'clock today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Next week, though, we won't be here on Monday. The Sports Zone returns on Tuesday starting at 10 a.m., and the Extra Point will follow suit on Wednesday as well. Let's reset the scene, though, with today's poll questions and get things started with the KDOS1060.com poll question. If you missed the conversation earlier with uh, Stefan Stevenson from inside the Rangers and as well as on X at Stefan versus Texas, Uh, He had all things to talk about with the defending World Series champion Rangers. You can podcast that over at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app. But here's the question. The Rangers over or under 86 wins in 2024. Over is leading the way here at 52% of the vote. Under trailing at 48%. That's a question that we'll officially answer around 1230 today. Tossing it on over to X at KDOS AM 1060. Should the Cardinals re-sign free agent wide receiver Hollywood Brown? No leading the way here at 60% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 40%. Another question that we'll dive into around 1230 today. Plenty of time for you to to. Get in, get involved with us. 602-260-1060 is the number, and we'll take your calls around 1215 today. Let's dive into this 2024 NFL free agent top 50 rankings from Fox Sports. We'll go through 1 through 10, and then uh, we'll kind of veer off and just focus in on those names that have been linked here as uh, possible landing spots for the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll start, though, with the top 10, and we'll lead it off with number one, Chris Jones. Probably no surprise here. Uh, defensive defensive lineman for the Chiefs. He is 29 years old. He held out this offseason and eventually signed his one-year deal, which was worth up to $25 million this year, and it was productive. Ten and a half sacks, 66 quarterback pressures, which was tied for third among defensive tackles, and we've seen what he's capable of doing, being a disruptor, and what he was able to do for the Chiefs defensively this season. Yeah, and I think his versatility is maybe something. I mean, you know, we've talked about the Chiefs for a long time now, and uh, certainly uh, people I'm sure are kind of uh, you know chiefed out at this point as far as football goes. Uh, but his versatility is maybe something that I haven't I definitely I have not talked about enough, and I don't think the national media has talked about it enough too. He's just not a guy that lines up in the same spot every down, uh, and. Uh, yeah, I think that that's uh, definitely uh, helps him in the market. And he wants Aaron Donald, Donald, uh, Aaron Donald money. I'm not sure if he's going to get that. That was kind of the holdup last year, as he was holding out for that and didn't get it. But uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, when you get to a guy a little later on here in the top ten, they've got some decisions to make in Kansas City. 
Yes, they do. Number two on this list here is Kirk Cousins with the Vikings coming off of a torn Achilles. He played just eight games this season, but he does have quite a connection going with wide receiver Justin Jefferson. He has yielded over 4,000 passing yards in seven of his last eight seasons at quarterback. It kind of seemed like a foregone conclusion, uh, maybe at the beginning of the year and prior to the Achilles injury, that he was not going to be back in Minnesota, that that kind of seemed like the direction that the team was heading. But now it feels like that might be a little bit more up in the air, that everybody might be more open to a return to Minnesota. Yeah, I think that's an accurate scenario. I might even take that a step further. I think most people now believe he's going to be back in Minnesota. Uh, you know, there's been some critics of Cousins over the years, including me a little bit in his early days in Minnesota. Uh, but, you know, I've uh, definitely, uh, I don't know if I've, quote, come around, or but I've definitely uh, changed my mind a little bit on him. I wasn't a detractor from the start. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's he's really good. And uh, I think he's gotten better. And his, he's, he's had some circumstances around him aren't the greatest situations. He's had some offensive line injuries over the years. He's not had the receivers that he currently had at this past season when he went, unfortunately went down with the injury. Uh, the defense uh, went from one of the best in the NFL to you know, one of the uh, worst in the NFL. Uh, you know, Brian Flores did the best he could do with what he had. I assume that uh, they're going to have a lot of different defensive personnel uh, this upcoming season in 2024. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll see how this goes. I think a lot of people, at least at least I would, I've listened to, you know, I'm not listening to Vikings podcast by any means, but when I've heard the Vikings brought up here in the last, you know, it's been several weeks since he went down with the injury, that everybody seems to think, well, I shouldn't say everybody, the majority of the NFL people, the insiders, the podcasters that I listen to seem to think he'll be back. And another thing I just heard this week uh, Dane Brugler, who uh, is the uh, athletic uh, you know, draft guru guy, uh, he, uh, he does a podcast and uh, on their podcast that I listened to just yesterday afternoon, uh, they mentioned, and I've heard this elsewhere too, speculation that they would draft a quarterback. They mentioned J.J. McCarthy specifically, and uh, Cousins would come back for one more year in Minnesota while they groomed McCarthy to be his successor. Interesting there. Um, I'm curious to know where J.J. McCarthy will, uh, you know, end up as how people continue on in their evaluation process of quarterbacks. He's going to be a first-round pick, I think. Not necessarily, you know, the one thing about quarterbacks in the NFL, most years, not every year, like you know, a couple of years ago when they had the, you know, the Kenny Pickett draft when nobody really deserved to go in the first round. Yeah, there are there's guys that have first round draft grades that deserve to be drafted in the first round. There are other quarterbacks that are often taken in the first round that don't exactly have a first round draft grade. I think McCarthy has a first round draft grade according to a lot, many people. I've listened to a, you know two or three of the draft guru experts so far, the media experts, and they seem to think that uh, he's obviously not going to be in the the top ten. Uh, but, you know, Minnesota is not, if I remember correctly, they're not picking the top 10. Uh, so he falls into the category that uh, that makes sense. 
Uh, number three on this list is Justin Matabuke with the Ravens. Uh, how about this season for him? 56 tackles, 13 sacks last year. Even in the AFC Championship game, it was half a sack, six tackles, and a quarterback hit. Uh, you know, does Baltimore have enough here to bring him back? That's kind of the question mark. But he has certainly put his name on plenty of teams' radars. No question. And when you can get an inside guy who's not on the, uh, you know, not on the perimeter that can, you know, generate a pass rush, that's, you know, that's gold. Uh, so, you know, he obviously, I don't think a lot of people even knew who he was uh, before last season. And, you know, that was our biggest question about the Ravens before the season even began. Uh, are they going to get any pass rush? <laughs> they, had, they led the league in sacks, as it turned out, and he was a huge part of that. Absolutely. Uh, number four on this list here is Josh Allen with the Jaguars outside linebacker. He had 17 and a half sacks, which was second in the NFL. He also had 96 quarterback pressures, which was second in the NFL as well. Um, I can't imagine that they want to let him go, but the fact that a deal hasn't been done, an extension hasn't gotten done, maybe leads you to believe that this could potentially be a franchise tag situation. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I'm not really familiar with their cap situation. And he had those numbers. Remember, he was kind of like missing action and didn't do much at all the first five, six weeks of the season. And he had those numbers by the end of the year. And it's not like, you know, they were ahead in a lot of those games. Um, you know, they, they weren't, uh, you know, the defense didn't have an advantage that the opponent was chasing points against them with frequency. So those numbers are really impressive. Uh, number, uh, and I will mention this here, that uh, if the franchise tag isn't a thing, they aren't able to work out a deal for him to return to Jacksonville. Uh, it is listed here, possible landing spots would be Houston or Arizona, and obviously outside linebacker, pass rusher, huge need for the Cardinals. No doubt. It's just whether anybody is going to you know, decide that uh, you know, living in Arizona is a wonderful thing. We all live here. Uh, that's great, and it's Beautiful, beautiful today. Couldn't have said this last Thursday, but I'm saying that today. In fact, I've got my shorts on. I'm ready to go walk as soon as the show is over. Uh, so there's that. Uh, but living in Arizona is certainly, a, I think, an attractive thing. However, if it comes down between a team like Houston who made the playoffs and Arizona who is unlikely to make the playoffs for at least a couple more years, uh, I don't think there's any question, any question which team you would take as far as, you know, as far as the football angle thing goes, and uh, used to be the better choice. Uh, number five here is Jalen Johnson, Bears cornerback. Uh, breakout 2023 season for him. He had four interceptions, possibly a franchise tag being an option for him here too. I don't know how they couldn't do it. And they, they certainly, they're going to have, they might, maybe correct me if I'm wrong here, maybe you have somebody else in mind. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to have a good team next year, but I think they're going to have the most interesting offseason between the first pick of the draft and some of the decisions they have to make in free agency. Yeah, they are going to have tons of tons of question marks. And then, of course, I mean, we haven't even hit uh, whether or not they're going to keep Justin Fields, draft Caleb Williams. That whole thing is just ramping up. Even though I don't think there are a whole lot of people, unless you're like a member of the Justin Fields uh, representation or family, uh, that believe that he's going to be back in Chicago. It's just where is he going to go? Because, uh, yeah, that's part of the intrigue, too, because 
What's he worth in the trade market? I can't imagine that anybody's going to give him the first round pick for that. But, you know, second and maybe a couple other draft picks down the road. Yeah. Let's continue on with six through 10 on the other side of the break. And then we'll also get into uh, the other players that had possible connections to the Arizona Cardinals on this top 50 NFL free agent list from Fox Sports. So we'll do that on the other side of the break. We'll also take your phone calls if you'd like to chime in. 602-260-1060 is the number. 602-260-1060, but more NFL free agent conversation ahead right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you. Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS 1060 app. It's 1220. Here on Thursday, February 15th, continuing on with the top 50 NFL free agent rankings list here from Fox Sports. We went through one through five, continuing on with number six here. Uh, also, no surprise on this list, Legereus Sneed, cornerback from the Chiefs. Uh, Sneed finished the season allowing 42 catches on 81 targets for 406 yards with zero touchdowns allowed, two interceptions, and 10 pass breakups. That's a heck of a season there. He's just 27 years old, so he is going to be a a hot commodity for sure. That's true, and they're going to obviously have to restructure more than just Mahomes' contract, it appears, to figure out how to get Jones and Sneed. Uh, might have to come down to either Jones or Sneed as far as uh, which one returns to the Chiefs. Uh, as you mentioned yesterday, and we've mentioned for several years running here, uh, it's amazing how we think that these teams are in salary cap hell. I think the Saints are the best example of this, I thought, for, what, four or five years in a row? Well, they can't possibly bring these guys back again. And then they figured out how to do that. And then obviously the last two years, they've been completely uh, limited salary cap wise and what they can actually do uh, because, you know, they kind of uh, mortgage the future, which has been now the last couple of years uh, to try to bring, bring back those guys for another run. And unfortunately for the Saints, another run never really worked out. And then they're kind of stuck with what they're at uh, right now. Uh, number six, or yeah, number seven on this list here is Christian Wilkins, Dolphins defensive line, 69 combined tackles and nine sacks in 2023. Miami, though, has some salary cap issues. So the question is, is are they going to be able to bring him back? Listing here possible landing spots, Tennessee and Washington. Ooh, those make sense. Um, you know, I can put him next to Jeffrey Simmons in Tennessee. My God, that would be not fun if you're an interior lineman to try to block those guys. 
uh, not fun to block them individually, let alone if those guys are on the same team. That would be uh, uh, really difficult. Uh, Washington, he'd be kind of the lone wolf because they also have questionable linebackers. Uh, so uh, if I were his agent, I'd be uh, – if it becomes, uh, comes down to those two teams, get me to Tennessee. Uh, number eight on this list here, Antoine Winfield, Bucks uh, safety. He had an incredible season from the safety position. Six sacks, six forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, and three interceptions. A franchise tag here would be $16.3 million. I'd have to think that Tampa Bay doesn't want to let him get away. So possible landing spots there for Tampa Bay as well as Indianapolis and the Rams. It had a tremendous season. Uh, Tampa Bay's got a whole bunch of dudes in this top 50 list, so they've got some decisions to make for sure. Uh, yeah, he was spectacular. Not the best day of his life in the playoffs, uh, but uh, it wasn't his best game. Uh, but he was tremendous leading into that game and one of the biggest reasons that they made the postseason. Number nine on this list is T. Higgins, Bengals wide receiver. He's an 1,000-yard receiver. Uh, not this last year, though. He did miss five games, also didn't have Joe Burrow. Uh, he had rib and hamstring injuries this season, but certainly he's a great red zone target and would make a lot of teams very interested. He dropped a ton of passes last year, too, when he did play, uh, which was an issue uh, for the Bengals and and so forth, and you know, he made the, one of the great, great coach catches of the year uh, towards the end of the season. But you know, the, he did not have. Uh, I, I assume if you know, you know, the truth serum, or maybe he doesn't even need truth serum, he would admit that he should have caught more passes than he did last year when he was healthy. The Bengals are a team, uh, so I've been told and heard from the NFL experts and the capology people that know this much better than I do. They're a team, maybe the team, with the most uh, roster decisions to make on uh, key players over the next couple of years here. They've got a bunch of young players who are expecting to get longer-term contracts. Obviously, they've already tied up Burrow. Uh, so this is going to be quite a challenge for Cincinnati, which has been not uh, exactly uh, – well, they haven't, been, they haven't been very good for many years too, but when they have been – they have rarely played, actually paid their best players. They've already paid one guy, the quarterback, but let's see if they pay more of them. Um, number 10 on this list is Mike Evans, Bucks wide receiver. Does he stay in Tampa? He's 30 years old. He developed quite a connection there with Baker Mayfield. Their tandem uh, led the league in the NFL with 13 touchdown connections this season. Possible landing spots if he doesn't end up back with Tampa Bay could be Carolina or Chicago. Yeah, he should go to New Orleans. I know I'm, you know, I'm down to think I have a cap space, but yeah, he's he's been great his whole career unless he's gone against you know, Lattimore in games against the Saints. <laughs> they seem to have, they have, definitely have a rivalry, and Lattimore has a history of just shutting him down. Other than that, it seems like nobody shuts him down. So pretty amazing. By the way, I was shocked that Daniel Hunter was not in this top ten. Uh, I'm not so sure I wouldn't put him number two on this list. Yeah, he was much he was further four, down, he was, obviously. He's like 14, I think he was, when I saw this list yesterday afternoon. I went, whoa, that, yeah. dude's, that, that dude's great. I mean, and he can help you. His, he, once again, a guy that can move around. He's just not an edge rusher. I mean, he plays inside some, too. You can move around. I would think that every team in the NFL would want him if they could afford him. 
Yeah, that's always the key issue, right, is figuring out guys that uh, you want, how it all fits in with the cap space and everything along those lines. But absolutely, Daniil Hunter, uh, he is he is very, very good. Yeah, just as far as football skills go, I'm taking away all the salary cap ramifications and what they might have to pay these guys, etc. But after Chris Jones, he would be second on my list out of all these guys. He had 16 and a half sacks and 23 tackles for a loss last season here. Uh, he ended up coming in on number 12 on that list. Okay. And with nobody really around him. I mean, it's not like he had, you know, studs around him that were getting, you know, he was getting double and triple team and did that. And the possible landing spot they have for him if he doesn't go back to uh, Minnesota is New England. Well, they got money, right? They and do. They got to... They actually had a good defense last year, which we mentioned several times during the season, uh, especially if you consider how many bad positions the offense put that defense in. Now, we're going to, uh, if you would like to see the full list of uh, the top 50, you can certainly Google uh, the NFL and uh, the the list here, the top NFL free agents, top 50 ranking from Fox Sports. Next up, we're going to dissect who was linked to the Arizona Cardinals for possible landing spots. Coming in at number 14 on the list here is Michael Pittman, Colts wide receiver. He only has 15 touchdowns, though, in four seasons and a 10.9 yards per catch average, which uh, is maybe subpar here. But he does, if he does have maybe some more consistent people throwing him the football, does that improve yeah. uh, Michael Pittman? I would replace the word consistent, sorry, Kayla, with a competent quarterback, which he has rarely had for any snaps in his NFL career. <laughs> yes, uh, he is still probably going to command about $20 million a year, but some possible landing spots back with the Colts, Titans, and Cardinals were listed. Uh, and plus his dad played here several years ago. That's correct. Number 23 on this list is Calvin Ridley, Jaguars wide receiver, 1,016 yards, eight touchdowns last year in his return after his one-year suspension. If Jacksonville re-signs him, then they have to send Atlanta their 2024 second-round pick. So curious to see what Jacksonville's decisions and thought process there from a front office perspective are. Potential landing spots, though, back with Jacksonville, Arizona, and Carolina. I'd be really surprised if they gave up that draft pick. Um, you know, there were you know metrics. And I didn't even need the metrics. Uh, you know, there was the Zay Jones stat out there when Zay Jones played, uh, and uh, and 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 obviously uh, you know, he, he was good. Um, but if he you know if he didn't have Jones, you know, on the other side of the uh, on the, on the offense, uh, you know, there was certainly a big drop off for sure. Uh, when he didn't, so it was a an inconsistent season. Let's put not all his fault, but you know the quarterback situation. Trevor Lawrence, I think, would you know be pretty disappointed at his level of play this past year. The offensive line wasn't very good, uh, but I'm not really sure what the market is for him. Number 32 on this list is Marquise Brown, Cardinals wide receiver, seven touchdown catches in two seasons in Arizona. He hasn't uh, been healthy here this last several weeks to end the season this year. Potential landing spots for him, though, Carolina, the Giants, or the Titans? 
Yeah, he's the only Cardinal on this list of the top 50. I saw a top 100 list later yesterday afternoon, and there's only one. He's the only guy in the top 100 free agents for the in the NFL according to that list. Uh, so we'll see. I'm not. I'm curious what the actual market is for him. Yeah, we've talked numerous times the last two years since he's been here that we're at least I am, and I think you agreed that we're surprised that we just thought I, at least I thought he was just a you know, kind of a deep ball guy, you know, just, you know, you know, down the field, throw it as far as you can and let the fast guy go get it. Uh, he has a lot more uh, route tree. There's my, oh, all right. First time I've said that. Is that the first time I've said that in 2024? All I think right. so. We should get like a tally, a little, a little bell every time I say route tree in 2024. But that's that. I think that's the first time. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's much greater than I thought it was before he came here. Uh, and uh, he actually did some blocking, uh, which I had no idea that he could do that either. Uh, so those are good things. But you know, because of the injury situation, I'm really curious to see what the market is. And if the market's not outrageous, uh, we'll answer this question here shortly. Uh, but if the market's down outrageous, uh, yeah, that I would certainly think that helps the Cardinals' chances of re-signing him. I'm curious, you talk about the market. I mean, the market itself for wide receivers is fairly robust. Is it going to be that way again this year? Are people going to be overpaying in certain circumstances? I mean, on this list, they write they have listed Michael Pittman still going to be commanding $20 million a year. What is the market for Marquise Brown? Is it just kind of a byproduct of being a wide receiver with speed? Yeah, the other thing is the market itself. I also saw a list of 100 top NFL draft picks for this year. Top 100, uh, once again, Brugler from The Athletic. He has 17 receivers in his top 100 players overall in the upcoming draft. And those guys are far cheaper. Number 33 on this list is Jonah Jackson, Rams guard. Uh, he's coming off of meniscus surgery, and 2023 was not his best season. But teams that need guard help are certainly going to be in the market for guards. Potential landing spot, Arizona. San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, if he wants to make the jump up the coast, I mean, they need guard play. They need a right tackle also, which we talked about before the Super Bowl. And uh, everybody seems to be talking about it, certainly after the Super Bowl. Uh, so that would be a possibility there. Also, I would imagine, you know, the Rams have cap space. I, I Even I know that. Um, you know, he certainly was a good player before this last year when he was injured. Uh, I can't imagine that uh, he would, they would not be interested in keeping him and, uh, unless he has uh, some kind of really bad relationship with the organization, which I don't know about. Uh, that just seems to be a natural you know, he stays there. Number 35 on this list, Steven Nelson, Texans cornerback, 13 interceptions in nine seasons. He's durable, has played in multiple different defensive systems here. Potential landing spot if he doesn't go back to Houston would be Arizona or Dallas. He had a rough playoff game against the Ravens, but uh, yeah, uh, Dallas is going to come up for almost every defensive player, I assume, here <laughs> on this list, no matter what line of defense it is other than pass rusher. Number 37 on this list is Zadarius Smith, Brown's defensive end, five and a half sacks, 27 combined tackles in 2023. He started every game and played 59% of the snaps. Definitely uh, see him as a situational type rusher here, but potential landing spots if he doesn't go back to Cleveland could be Arizona. 
Well, I'm all for it. But once again, I mean, this is going to be a, a theme. Yeah, last year's theme was can Kyler Murray get enough on the field and show enough that he could actually trade him in the offseason. That was my uh, you know, overriding uh, comment from last year regarding the Cardinals. My overriding comment for the next couple of months during the free agency period here in the NFL, do, team, do players want to come here? And uh, will the Cardinals overspend to get them to come here? Because that may be the only way they get them to come here. Because if, uh, you're, come, if, you're, if you're signing a free agent contract to go to a winning team in the near future, it's not Arizona. And the final one on this list here, 49, Dalton Reisner, Vikings offensive lineman. He started 11 games at guard last year. Pro Football Focus says he didn't allow a sack in 745 snaps, and he had just three penalties called on him. Potential landing spots if he doesn't go back to Minnesota could be the Rams or could be the Cardinals. Makes sense. Uh, Both cases, once again, the same thing with the Cardinals. But, uh, you know, I would imagine – uh, there can't be too many offensive lines in the NFL that couldn't use a very competent guard who doesn't allow sacks. <laughs> so get in line. <laughs> <laughs> so that concludes the list as it is right now for potential targets for the Arizona Cardinals. We've mentioned it before, though, that uh, they have plenty of needs and they have the cap space to do it. They have some draft capital as well. So it'll be interesting to see as more lists in the offseason continues, who is more and more linked to coming here and who could potentially be a fit for the Arizona Cardinals. I would think other than wide receiver, and we assume they're going to draft a wide receiver in the first round, they've got, as far as the free agent market, they got to find somebody on the front seven, anybody, multiple guys that can actually stop somebody. On the other side, it's poll question time right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app, we get to it next. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro. Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. Twelve forty, right here on KDOS AM ten sixty online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDOS ten sixty app. Bob Cam, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until one o'clock today. We're with you today and Friday. We're off on Monday. The Sports Zone is back on Tuesday and Extra Point comes back on Wednesday. So that's the immediate plan for the shows. The immediate plan for today and right now is to get into the poll questions. So let's do it. The KDOS1060.com poll question involves the Texas Rangers. And Bob had a conversation with Stefan Stevenson from inside the Rangers talking all things about the defending World Series champs. If you missed it, podcast it over at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app. But here's the question over or under 86 wins in 2024. Yeah, I think this all comes down to pitching. Uh, you know, we mentioned uh, I mentioned frequently during the regular season last year how good their offense was, which it was for the majority of the season. The offense kind of dried up there a little bit in September, but uh, unfortunately for the Diamondbacks and everybody else in the playoffs that tried to beat them, uh, the offense definitely returned in the postseason. 
and that's pretty much intact. Uh, in fact, they've maybe even added to that a little bit. Uh, this, uh, well, we'll see if Corey Seager is actually ready to start the season. Oh, he had hernia surgery here in just the last month or so. So, uh, you know, obviously, uh, that's a big deal for them. And, uh, it looks like he's going to you know, begin some baseball workouts at the end of this month. And they think that he'll be ready at the end of next month, excuse me. They could be ready for the opener, which I believe is on, I should know what the baseball opener. I think it's March 28th. Uh, so there's that. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens with him. But, you know, their lineup, that's not going to be an issue. Uh, well, the one thing I'm uh, kicking myself for, as soon as I got done with Stefan, I, I didn't ask him about the defense, which you know, was something that was tremendously underrated during the season. And I think it became far more appreciated, as it should have been all year, during the postseason when they had, you know, several guys make really, you know, difference-making defensive plays. And that group is also still intact for the most part. If you hit a ball to the outfield against those guys, it's going to get caught. <laughs> Basically the bottom line there. If the ball is in the air and in the yard, it's an out almost all the time. Not every team, in fact, few teams in Major League Baseball have three outfielders, or really four outfielders, that actually can make the plays that they made last year. This all comes down to pitching. Uh, you know, Jordan Montgomery is still a free agent. Scott Boris, God bless him, does a great job for his clients, but Jordan Montgomery is still a free agent. They also have the television deal that's still in limbo for them, which I assume is playing a role here to some extent. You got the Scott Boris factor, etc. If he comes back, this changes the pitching situation enormously. But right now, you have Nathan Navaldi. And John Gray is a top two starters. Unfortunately, you know, Evaldi obviously was tremendous in the postseason. It continued his history as postseason pitcher. Gray had a tremendous relief performance in the uh, postseason in the World Series against the Diamondbacks. But both those guys spent time on the injured list last year. Unfortunately, both those guys have spent a lot of time in the injured list in their careers. The rest of the rotation, at least as of right now, Andrew Heaney, and uh, Dane Dunning in the fifth spot is completely up for grabs. So this all comes down to starting pitching. Also remember that Max Scherzer and also uh, Jacob DeGrom have had surgeries within the last calendar year. They're on pace to return at some point this season. It seems highly unlikely that either of them would pitch before the All-Star break. So I think that's why this comes down. Uh, you know, the, the total comes down. The, the, it's just, I use the Pocota total from baseball prospectus, uh, if they would re-sign Montgomery, the 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 the, the base per, baseball perspective, uh, you know, their season win projections are based on WAR, uh, their WAR factor at uh, at uh, you know, Fangraphs, and uh, Montgomery signs this this total is going to jump up a couple of wins at least, maybe even three. Uh, so there's that uh, why the total is a little bit low, way behind the Astros as far as the division goes, as far as the total goes. I'm going to go over. I just have uh, enough faith in their offense and the, uh, their defense, as I mentioned. Their bullpen, as Stefan mentioned a few times, uh, is going to be uh, much better. It was really good in the postseason. It was really not good at all during the regular season. And they've added to that also in the offseason. So I'm going to go over. Sorry about the long answer there, but I think it deserved an explanation. So 
yeah, you touched on uh, who they have in the outfield there with Evan Carter, Wyatt Langford. Uh, that's obviously a big to-do. So my my question marks here are Jordan Montgomery. It doesn't look like he's going to be returning to Texas. So uh, are they that do they have anyone to be able to fill that void? Another thing about the starting rotation, uh, you're going to be starting the season without Max Scherzer or Jacob DeGrom. It's going to be a while for them to come back. So at some point they will be back and that will help the team. Will they be in a position there to keep it close in the division? Will they be uh, in a position there to, uh, you know, be able to uh, attack this 86-win total? I don't know. I think they have, obviously, a ton of offensive firepower, and uh, there are some question marks there about Corey Seager, too, in, in terms of health. So all of that combined, for me, actually has this going in the direction of under 86 wins. Yeah, I can understand that for sure, no doubt. Uh, you know, I just think that their offense and their defense, uh, nothing helps a, a shaky pitching staff more than good defense. Uh, you don't give up extra outs. You don't have to throw extra pitches, etc. So I'm going to over slightly, and I have not decided whether I'm going to bet this or not. I'll, uh, I'll let you know before the season starts. Uh, I'm sure at some point, uh, probably the week before the season begins at the end of uh, next month, I'll have uh, a few suggestions and uh, you'll let you know what I've bet and you know, knock on countertop here. I've been pretty successful over the years in my baseball totals. In fact, I think I've been uh, more successful in baseball season win totals than anything I've bet in the last 20 years. I definitely listen to you on those. Thank you. Uh, for the masses, they're... It, this is a close vote. Under sitting at 52%, over at 48%. The KDOS1060.com poll question. Tossing this on over. Yeah, can, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I can see that. I mean, I, 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 you know, I think the 87, 86 wins kind of uh, maybe people don't really kind of investigate the roster like we have. It, uh, it's a. Uh, you just kind of went, well, they just won the damn World Series. <laughs> so I think the general public would say over for sure. You know, I have, you know, they're, they're, I think I have reasoning to think over would be the right way to go. Over on X at KDOS AM 1060, should the Cardinals re-sign free agent wide receiver Hollywood Brown? Uh, first of all, I was very impressed with Hollywood when he first became a Cardinal. Uh, because I think for me, at least what we saw with him in Baltimore as a Raven was just run, uh, you know, straight down the middle of the field and Lamar is going to find you deep. And there's a lot more to his game than that. And that was really on display here, uh, at least in his first season with the Cardinals. This last season was a little bit more challenging, and I think that that's due to, one, uh, changes in coaching staff, two, uh, his own injuries, three, injuries to the quarterback position. So there was just a lot more that was happening this particular season that uh, maybe was part in his control, part out of his control. With all of that in mind, though, um, you know, I do think there is a big need at the wide receiver position to get uh, speed, but also to get uh, built 
somebody that's taller than six feet, somebody that's going to be kind of that possession guy that's going to be able to be a a big-time red zone target as well. So I think that that's going to be something that is going to be targeted. I know it's often talked about with the positioning in the draft, potentially Marvin Harrison Jr. So there's plenty of other ways that they could potentially get some of the other wide receiver guys they need to fill out that room. Uh, So, you know, it it is possible if the money makes sense and it's not too astronomical to bring Hollywood back. I'm curious to know what his market is. And I'm also curious to know, though, if he wants to go somewhere else uh, on maybe a smaller deal, but to be in a better situation that sets him up for that last long-term contract and that big payday. So kind of a prove it deal and prove it somewhere else. I think that's all well said. I echo that entirely. Um, I think it would be very interesting. I'm kind of hoping this happens just for curiosity, if for no other reason, uh, that if he got a, a nice offer somewhere else, would the Cardinals match it or, you know, do better? Absolutely. Uh, and then we, we didn't even mention here, obviously, the connection that Hollywood has with Kyler Murray. And does any of that play a factor into this, too? Yeah, I know. We keep hearing the, I, I, you know, there have been many cases in sports where guys were friends and so forth. But when it came down to a contract and, and money, the friendship uh, was not first on the list anymore. <laughs> I'm not saying that's happening here. But it would not be the first time it ever happened. The masses are on the no side of things here at 60% of the vote. Yes, sitting at 40%. This is over on X at KDUS AM 1060. And, yeah, I, I think if uh, if your friend has a chance to make a lot more money and the position is, is better for him, then you say, yeah. hey, I'm happy for you. Best of luck. And I'll text you uh, about something that we normally talk about later on. The other thing is, how long is Murray going to be here? We may have differing opinions on that. No, even if he, I'm okay. Throw out my side. I'm not. I'm obviously not a Kyler Murray fan. But you know, if he's any good this next year, he may not be here. Um, the the organ. This is not the uh, the the front office that drafted him. And if he's any good, you know, there's other teams that would be interested at that point. Not based on last season, but maybe based on what he might do this season. We wrap it up on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point. Have you downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Food. Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is mail, chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. February 15th edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Bob, it's thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, Stefan Stevenson. 
covers uh, the Rangers inside the Rangers at SI. Also on Friday at 10:15, we'll talk some Baltimore Orioles spring training. I think they're the most intriguing team in baseball entering uh, the upcoming season. Now I thought that before the ownership change a couple of weeks ago, and before they signed for Cor- they traded for Corbin Burns. So even more intriguing now. So we'll cover that tomorrow at 10:15. Sound today courtesy of Fox, CBS, Peacock, and also ESPN. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Up next from uh, 1 to 3 p.m., it is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6, and then you have NAU men's basketball taking on Sacramento State tonight. That's a pregame right here on KDOS AM 1060 at 6.30 and tip-off at 7. It's all happening here on KDOS AM 1060. I would like to point out uh, that tomorrow, ASU Baseball gets their season started. They're hosting Santa Clara. That'll be a 6.15 p.m. pregame and 6.30 first pitch over on KAZG 1440 as well as KDOS1060.com slash Sun Devils. And then ASU women's basketball is taken on Washington. That's a a 6 o'clock start here on KDOS AM 1060. So Friday we are fully loaded with ASU. But ASU baseball officially gets their season started and that'll be tomorrow 6.15 p.m. pregame 6.30 first pitch as the Sun Devils are taken on San Clara. Now, did you see this here that ESPN has announced that J.J. Reddick will join Mike Breen and Doris Burke to form the ESPN and ABC's new lead NBA broadcast team? The Mm -hmm. team, of course, will also include Lisa Salters on the sidelines, and they'll call the NBA Finals on ABC, the Eastern Conference Finals, and, of course, more games uh, throughout the rest of the regular season and postseason. They're set to make their debut on February 24th. This, of course, is after Doc Rivers joined the Bucks as head coach and ESPN was deciding whether or not they were going to leave it as a two-person booth or to make it a three-person booth. Looks like they've made the decision to go three-person booth. Yeah, Reddick has kind of been their backup guy. I mean, they have multiple broadcasts the same night. He's usually with the second team, uh, so to speak. He's really good. Uh, not surprising. He's a Duke dude, so you know, there's not too many dummies that go to Duke. Uh, so he's very good as far as all that goes. Uh, now they they should be a very. I think this is a trio I'm very much looking forward to listening to, and uh, that'll be good. February 24th is that debut tandem. That'll do it for this edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. Talk to you tomorrow.